Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Today, I am going to be talking about dunamis. It's the word for power, but it's a much bigger word. One of the things that I love about the generation that we live in is there is God is Joel tooing us. That's how I said he it says in Joel two that he was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Are you flesh? Yes. Just getting just get wherever it's pouring out then because it's just pouring out, you know, just like a hose. It's just pouring out. It's pouring out. So get positioned where it's pouring out best to align with what you want to do with your life. You know, that's what I tell people all the time. God said, make a place where you can build up leaders that can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all he told me to do. He didn't even tell me to have church. He didn't even tell me to call it church. He said, make a place where you can build up leaders to walk in their purpose, to go out into highways and byways, compel them to come in, go out there into society and transform it and do what Jesus said. I said, go and make disciples. I said, go wait for the Holy Spirit. Go wait long enough to get empowered to go do the thing he called you to do. And around here, I feel like, you know, just like on Friday night, Tessa has an awesome story where I think Pam mentioned it, that we go out two Friday nights a month out to the city. I don't know if you've seen us out on, on Penn praying for people, but crazy stuff happens out there. People are transformed. Miracles are happening. I mean, it's crazy what's happening. Of course, there's all kinds of people that don't like us out there. (laughs) But who focuses on that? You know, let's focus on the win, right? And so we just keep going what? To just try to bring some cool, refreshing drinks to people who are just sitting at the stoplight for two minutes, you know. You know, my thing is I don't ever want to go to Penn and Memorial because there's so much traffic, so it was the perfect place for us to go because there's so much traffic, right? And so it's the same thing that we want to do at the art festival next year, and so be praying for us about that. But let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's read our beginning text from there, shall we? I've been on this chapter for a really long time. I want us to remember verse 11. It says, remember, that's why I want us to remember it, because it says to, remember, it's the same Holy Spirit who distributes and activates and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. Now, remember in Joel, when he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, it's really the, I, I believe personally for me, I've made, I made the Holy Spirit my best friend a long time ago. I heard Benny Hinn talking about the Holy Spirit, and I thought, I want to know him that way. I want to spend time with him. You know, God is always looking for something that will be yielded. The Holy Spirit has a way, has a plan, and has a power, and he's looking for a yielded vessel to do what? To accomplish the things that Jesus did and the greater things that we are experiencing now. You know, there's so many, quote unquote, greater things going on. You know, in my world of the prophetic, I hear stuff from all kinds of sources about all kinds of things happening that when I was a kid, it was just be like, oh, yeah, over in Africa and some tribe we've never heard of. That's where a miracle occurred. Nothing ever happened next door. But I have seen things happen next door now. And so it just makes me want more, right? And so remember, it's the same Holy Spirit. It's it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit. 
So all of these supernatural things, I don't have time to regurgitate my messages for the last eight weeks, but it all comes from the Holy Spirit, okay? So the one we're going to talk about today is in verse, um, where am I? It's in verse 10. And it says, the power to work miracles. Now, when I was a kid, I was was raised, my grandpa was an Assembly of God pastor, and I was, I, my, we came up to a church here in Oklahoma City, and they had been in the Latter Rain movement. Had anybody, has anybody ever heard of the Latter Rain movement? And the signs and wonders were happening in the Latter Rain. It was at a Baptist church, and people, dead people were getting raised. I mean, it was crazy. My aunt, who's been gone a couple of years, she would be like 94 right now, and I think it happened when she was like 10 or 12 years old. And so we left my grandpa's church in Norman and came up here to downtown Oklahoma City to where the little rain had been happening. We wanted some of that rain on us. Everybody's wanting refreshing, right? And so we begin to see these different things happen. Well, what happens when we don't have any maturity? You know, I said it earlier You know, I believe the greatest travesty that happened with the moves of God is that there was no one mature enough to sustain them. And so by human nature, what do we do? We're like, well, let's just repeat. Let's find a system because that's what humans want to do. Let's find a system. And that's, we pray this way this time for them. And let's pray this way this time and just keep repeating that prayer. We're not checking to see if it's working. Remember what I said Wednesday? That when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon, they didn't be they didn't be like, well, that's just not for us today. I guess we're not called to do that. I guess that's not our ministry anymore. They went to Jesus and they said, Why couldn't we do it? We need more teaching, Jesus. We need more demonstrations, Jesus. We need, right? They went back to Jesus and said, Why? Why? You know, we may not be good at these spiritual gifts. But really, if I'm going to be a power-walking Christian, I have no right or room to say I'm not called to do it. I have to say, why isn't it working just like the book says it would work? This book said this would work. And I propose to you, we're more comfortable with formulas than we are with yielding. We didn't mean to be. It's not, you don't. Don't hate on yourself about it. You just, that's just the way the religious system taught us. We get up at six, we pray. If we don't, we condemn ourselves, so we'll do it tomorrow. And, you know, that didn't work tomorrow because then we're feeling bad because we condemned ourselves. We've got to wait for a week or so until the condemnation feeling gets over, and then maybe next Monday we'll start it anew. Right? And that just happened in every way. Come on. And that's not freedom. The yielding is that the Holy Spirit is flowing. I am in connection with His presence. I'm in connection with the One who called me. I'm connection, in connection with His purpose and His heart over me. And He loves me and He calls me good. And He says, you're to make an impact on the earth and you're to touch people. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be criticizers. There's always going to be say, people saying, do you even have a job? But I say, I know what he's called me to do. He's called me to walk and flow and yield to his power. I may not be good at it. 
But I don't change the assignment just because I've failed. I don't change the assignment just because I'm not good at it. I go back to the Father and I say, why? Why when you said, if I invite Jesus into my heart and I walk in this power of Him and it didn't work, why? And He'll just show me these tiny little tweaks. Well, in your heart, you're trying to get some power for yourself. Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to touch the gold. I don't want to touch the glory. I just want to walk to where free, people can get free. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's this dudamous power that is that we are yielding to. Let's think about it for a minute. When Jesus was about to leave, do you know he walked through the he walked through the walls, right? <laughs> Disciples were like, "Whoa, is that a ghost?" Right? Remember, Thomas was like, well, I am not going to believe it one bit unless I see some proof. Hey, some of y'all have that personality. Need, need me some proof. Some of y'all are like, whatever. I don't need any proof. I just like, whatever he says, I can have it. And so he, Jesus is good because he knows what kind of personality you have. And he walked through. He demonstrated himself. And he, remember, it says he breathed the pneuma. The breath, the same breath when you were just a lump of sand. That's why we didn't like sandy. You can see, do you see the connection? When we, it didn't have any breath in it, right? When he breathed into them, just like the first time you came into being, that breath, your awareness, my awareness that every breath I take is from the pneuma of God. I can't manufacture this breath myself. And so with every step I take, I want all my breath to be for Him. I don't want to take any of it for myself. I don't want to hoard it for myself and say, me, it's me planet. And when Jesus stepped in through the room and He said, receive the Holy Spirit, receive the pneuma of God. In that moment, they experienced salvation. In that moment, they received something I'm not talking about salvation today, but I could for a long time. They receive something of substance. Salvation is not a prayer. It involves some prayer. <laughs> it's an experience where you say, I couldn't do this on my own. Oh, no. I am, I'm having an experience. I'm not only saved from all my stupid stuff. You know, hell was never made for humans. But I have been invited by the most precious unction of the Holy Spirit to come into a new life, to be a new creation. Where the old stuff that I knew and I did when I was being stupid, when I was being religious, he says that in my eyes has faded away, faded away. And it matters because he's the only one that can decide that. All your old people can remind you of it. I've got old religious people and they remind me of what I did. And I was like, yeah, I did do that. But see, when I stepped into the yieldedness of the Holy Spirit, I experienced something new. And then Jesus said this amazing thing. I've just filled you with my presence. Go into all of the world and tell them what happened to you. There's people in this room, something happened to you. 
Jared, something happened to you. You've got to tell somebody. Something happened to me. I encountered a presence. And I need some other people to know. I'm not the same. I may not have good words for it. I'm just two, two years old. I'm a two-year-old Christian. I mean, I just know I encountered something. And then he said, the next thing he said, I love Jesus. He's full of instructions. He says, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait, I thought we were going. And what Jesus was describing was go and wait for dunamis. Go and wait for dunamis. Now, I love, if you, if you look at the story of the Acts, I'm still not talking about that today yet. But they were all gathered under Jesus' instruction. They valued something they had not experienced yet. Jesus had credibility. Jesus said, go and wait for something. Can you imagine the conversations? What are we waiting for? Is there going to be lunch with this? <laughs> Will we know it when it comes? Yeah. You know, I do a lot of electrical work. And I love the analogy of the power of electricity. So I could take this outlet over here. And I said this a couple weeks ago. And I could just hold this outlet up to you. But if I didn't connect a source of power to it. It would be another plastic square. What, what the designer of this outlet knew was it knew it would need to have a source. See, that's, that's why God's such a great designer. He knew you would need a source to live in this life, to do this life. He didn't make us a bunch of promises just for us to be miserable that we're not having it. In John 10, 10, we said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it in abundance. It was a cry of his heart. It was a savior saying, I have the answer for what you need to live in power and to live in goodness and to live in freedom and to live happy. You don't have to walk around miserable because your toe hurts. You don't have to walk around miserable because your children aren't serving God. You don't have to be miserable because you can put your hope in the one who called you. Yeah. And he said, wait. What I love is, Bill Johnson says it. He says, the waiting is for us. To, to know that I've got to have this power to do the assignment. You know, it changed my life when I gave up my eschatology, my end-time theology of just get me off the planet. I was raised with that. You know, remember the Left Behind series? Those freaked me out. I remember I was eight years old and I was at home and we still had the phone. I know y'all don't know anything about this, okay? But there were phones that hung on the wall with this curly little cord. I know some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. And, and when it would ring, we would run to it. We would pick it up. 
Now, shockingly, years before that, before my time, there would be other people on the line. They called it a party line. Woo! Uh-huh. They had streamers and party hats, and everyone could hear your conversation just by picking up the phone. I feel like I got three stories hanging out there. So, what was I, why was I talking about the phone? Uh, yeah, so the Left Behind series. So, yeah, when I was, I was eight, I was at home, and the phone rang, and it was my uncle, and he was the only one in my family. I grew up in a healthy mostly religious but Christian family. He was the only one that was hanging out that we weren't sure about him. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about at all? He called looking for the saved aunt. My mom was nowhere. I knew she was saved. And my dad showed up home and I was like Oh no. <laughs> Me and Paul have been left behind. <laughs> that was my worry. I mean, you know, I knew my mom was good. She was golden, right? So see, I gave up that, as they call that eschatology, an end-time theology, an end-time way of thinking that, that actually caused humans to not exercise their faith. This is our favorite line we'd say, let go and let God. And we would just watch out there in the distance to see what... See if God was going to do anything. But that's not what, I don't believe that's what Jesus was meaning. He was saying, wait for the, why would we need all this power if we weren't going to do anything with it? I mean, do you think it was just for us to be okay? When Jesus said, we're going to do greater works, we've got to learn how to do the greater works or we're going to be unsatisfied being on the planet. We're going to be unsatisfied just trying to work through our own fears and our own frustrations. We're going to be unsatisfied if we don't make an impact for other people, if we aren't out there helping people, aren't out there doing something for people. And so this, this word is a very powerful word. It's a fun slide, isn't it? Miracles... It, it is dunamis. They're synonymous. They're together. Now, if you look up that word, these are the three things that you have to remember about it. It gives you ability. So what does that tell me? Without it, I don't have supernatural ability. God, in his amazing design of, of humanity, gave us all kinds of abilities. Have you ever done anything without God and been sort of successful at all? Anybody? Have you ever traded and, and done it with God? That's crazy. I remember when I first started doing things with God instead of for God. Listen, I never missed church. I was doing stuff for God my whole life. And I took one year and he said, I want to teach you how to do things with me, not for me. That changed my life. That was in the 90s. Where were you in the 90s? And I began to understand 
I was a co-laborer with him. That he came down and he did everything and he said, it is finished. Now let me teach you to go be me. And let me give you the power needed to be me. All of these gifts we've been talking about for all these weeks all come from the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. He carries, he is, he, he gives us the ability, he gives us the potential. I like to look at life as that I have the potential to do all kinds of things with God. Just with me, my potential lowers. You know, I have potential. I mean, think about it. You know, Cece was reminding us that many years ago that Justin Bieber and his mom came to a Johnny Inlow conference. Does anybody know who Johnny Inlow is? And he prayed over them. And when he was a little boy. Now, when Army was three, I met him. How old are you now? Oh, 11. So do the math. Eight years ago. Thank you, math girl. I didn't even have to, I just looked over. Eight, eight's coming out of her mouth, eight. As soon as she hears a math problem, eight, 12, whatever. He began to say, we should pray for Justin Bieber. He didn't even know who he was. His mom didn't let him listen to Justin Bieber music. Bieber. I said Bieber, Bieber, whatever, with a V. Well, now what has happened to Justin Bieber? I don't listen to him still, but. I've heard, I've caught wind that he caught Jesus. Well, man, there was a period of time there. Whew. I don't know. I hear some sketchy stuff went down. Right? You know, I was, when we were taping the podcast on Friday, I was, we were talking about Isaiah 43. In Isaiah 43, it talks about Jacob's name change to Israel. You know that story? Jacob, he, what did he do? He wrestled. Are you a wrestler? How many of you are wrestlers in here? Lynn was a wrestler. All right. Some of us wrestled. Right? And so he wrestled. What happened after the wrestling match? He got a new name. If you look in, if you study that out, it says that God reformed him into a new name. What was his new name? Israel. What is Israel? A whole nation. See, when I step into the reformation of God, I move away from my old identity where I had a name. I had a reputation. I had people that knew me. I had beliefs. I had a system. I live by. Everybody in here is living by a system. But when God invites us, he's like, come over here to wait on me. I want to give you this power. I want to reform you Life basically starts over right then as a new creation. You know, God told me years ago, don't abort my babies. Don't abort my spiritual babies. Make a place. You can train them and mentor them and raise them up into what they're called to be. Don't abort my babies. And this is what this generation is looking for. Spiritual moms and dads that won't abort them. What is attractive about the people in this room is because we won't abort as babies. 
We're inviting them into a reformation of how they act and move and have their being and how they look at life and how they yield to things and the vocations they pick and the relationships they pick, how they raise their children, how they act at work. It's a whole life. It's a whole one life of stuff. Cece wrote a one-life song just saying. So he also, his ability, his potential, his power. Just like I'm talking about the outlet. Did you know you can have wires hooked up to that little square box in the wrong order? And it won't work. We're doing some remodeling at our house and we're moving some wires and... You can tell real quickly whether you wired it wrong. The house doesn't blow up. Thank the Lord. Whoever designed the electrical grid had that in mind, right? But nothing works like it's supposed to. See, God in his amazing design as a designer, he made us to work in the way we're supposed to. Let's go there. Even our gender, even our geographical location, even the way we're supposed to do relationships, they're a design by the great designer of everything. And we can't go around that. We don't get to pick another way and act like it's his way. I can pick another way, but I will soon find out this thing don't work the way it should. I'm all miswired and miss. I got no power. I got no ability to do what he says. I'm just barely keeping my head above water personally. Do you notice how much Jesus doesn't talk about how you doing? How are you on an individual basis doing? Everything for him is out here. Look out. Do you see the fields? They're, they're ripe. The people are dying to know the real Jesus. He said even cry out. Remember he said cry out to the Lord of the harvest. Who was the Lord of the harvest? The Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit doesn't draw you. I know maybe you thought you had some choice in the matter, but he drew you. He pulled on your heart. When you pray for somebody that don't know him, just envision him. He's got a tractor beam on their heart. He is pulling them, pulling them. Don't be impatient. They may need to experience some pig pen days. They may need to eat a little slop. Tends to make you grateful, doesn't it, Bubba? Tends to make you grateful when you've tasted a little non-home cooking. When you pray, pray from the seed of power. Pray from the seed of confident hope. Pray from the place that says, they don't know you. I know you. They need to be where I'm at. So I'm saying, pull them, Holy Spirit. Don't try to persuade them. Don't manipulate them. Don't say, I'll cook you dinner if you come to church. No, let him pull them. Let him pull them. Then when he pulls them, they'll come in and they'll be like, some of y'all, look what God has done. You don't need credit. You might water, plant a seed, 
None of the increases you. All him. Every bit him. Every bit him. Every bit is this power, this dunamis just flowing through you. I have unsaved family members. And I just say, God, wherever they're at, send them an errand. Send an errand over there. You know, Aaron found her little wayward girl the other day. Just stumbled onto her in an antique shop. Who goes to those anyway? <laughs> Just stumbled onto her. Been away from God for three and a half, four years or so. Maybe ten. I don't know how many years she's been away. Just stumbled onto her. Hey, I know you. It was just the love of the Father just flowing through. That's what I do. I say, oh, I maybe not can go. They don't listen to me anymore. I'm just an old woman now to all of them relatives of mine. But God knows. Think about who talked to you when you were away. You probably don't even know them anymore. (laughs) I know some of y'all working at a restaurant. Somebody came by and told you something really powerful about God. And when you're away from God, you're like, whoa, how did they know me? Calandra ran into the same daughter. Think God's not on the move? He's on the move. He's Joel too in people. He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. People are dreaming dreams and seeing visions and doing stuff. Miraculous. What is it? It's this dunamis. If you look at that word, it says it's the power residing in a thing by virtue of just its nature. What is he saying? Your nature as a son and daughter, that's what Jesus did. He bought you back. And he called you his own. He said, you're my son. You're my daughter. You can't get away from that identity. And see, this is the power just by virtue of being a son and daughter. No works of your own. You're not going to be able to do enough to get the power. The power comes from waiting. The power comes from your need. You're in need of this power. Yielding is great, but this power is the answer and it's a person. Dunamis is the Holy Spirit. You can't separate Him. When you came to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit entered your life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is another experience. Don't you love there's more than one experience in this relationship with God? He didn't stop at salvation. You know, the religious people say, well, let's just stop here. Everybody gets saved every Sunday. I was at that church. We were all getting saved every Sunday. We didn't do anything with it because we didn't know how to wait. But when we learn to wait, let's, let's read just a couple more scriptures. It says in Galatians 3, your new life began when the Holy Spirit gave you a new birth. That's the salvation experience, Right. It says, so why then would you foolishly turn from living in the Spirit to try to finish it out by your own works? Isn't that funny how we do that? It's a great scripture to say, it starts with the Holy Spirit. In the middle is the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit has the keeping power. In Acts 1, this is what it says. The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and times of their fulfillment. You're not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. That helps me with time. I don't know if any of you are time conscious, right? God works outside of time. I live inside time. So if he's working out here, can you see this principle? If he's working out here, he positions things along the timeline, right? And what am, what am I doing? I'm just walking. Walking with him, yielding, following, being led. All the stuff of the scriptures are, let's follow, let's be led, let's yield, right? Because that's my position. He works outside of time to position things in their time. That's what he's saying. So we don't know that. So quit trying to figure that out. That's exhausting. It'll suck your strength out. It's a waste of time. Come on, all you time people. This is what he said. But I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be seized with power. Now that's good, right? Do you want to be seized? Really, I'm just telling you, it is the ache of my heart just to be seized with his power. I want to position, if I feel he's moving over here on this thing, I just want to get over there and position my heart to be seized with his power. It's an awareness. It's positioning my heart to be aware of what he's breathing on. I can tell he's breathing on love's corporation. I know this whole thing about loves because my brother works for Pepsi and I know this whole thing about loves. I know some stuff's going on in their inner workings. And all of a sudden, in this tiny little baby church that we have over here, I come from a church of 10,000 people and I got these 30 people and I got three people, do the math, three people of my tiny little prophetic church has gone to this love corporation because he's doing something from the top down. Y'all may not know all that. And see, that's how he works, because he wants to seize us with power. That's why I don't have time to be jealous, offended, to be comparing, to care what color the pews are. It does not matter. It matters if my heart is positioned to be aware of his seizing. And then he says, you will be my messengers. Not your messenger. Don't take your message. Don't take your message. Listen, every non-Christian person does not want to know your crappy story. They want to know the story of victory, of how God plucked you out when you weren't even doing nothing good, and he saved you, and he will do it for them. That's what they want to know. And they want to watch you demonstrate it. It says we're a billboard for Jesus. So don't be bringing all your junk to them saying, man, I've had a bad day. Can I come, Can you come here and let me tell you? Let's smoke some weed together and let's just talk about it. <laughs> Listen, there is no power in that. That's just repeated on a massive scale now. Yes. They legalized it so they didn't have to feel guilty. Right. It's not real power. There's lots of people in here who have been delivered from drugs. It's not real power. 
You'll be my wit, my messengers, not only in your local city. Listen, we don't need to message each other. Listen, most everybody in here is saved. I don't know everybody, but most that right. We don't need to be checking on each other like that, right? We need to walk in the power of our salvation. And he said, Judea, where was Judea in that day? A bigger region, your state, right? In distant provinces, your country. And check it, the remotest places of the world. Now, when I look, we have a little social feed that we send out what I say and what other people say from here. There are people all over the world listening to us. Jakarta, Indonesia. I know no one in Jakarta, Indonesia. There are some names of towns and places on there I have never even heard of. And they're sending me the whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> like, can you even understand anything I'm saying? Do you even speak English? We're clearly not translating this in all those languages, right? Why? Because that's what he said. If he seizes you with power, you're going to touch people you don't even know their names. You're going to touch people you don't even know what you're saying. I got one the other day that said, man, that song lit me up on fire. And it wasn't even a song, but I went with it. I was like, yeah. Why? Because we're in that day where he can jolt tool to us from the computer. Listen, let's use it for a tool of evangelism. Let's don't use it for a tool of gossip. The world's doing that. Listen, oh, I don't have time to talk about it. No, we're not going there. Listen, I'm almost through. Almost, almost through, or do, whatever that word is. Yeah. Hebrews, Hebrews 1. Can I read this last one? Yeah. The Son, S-O-N, is the, this is Hebrews 1, 3. The Son is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. Do you love that? And the exact expression of God's true nature. The Son that lives in you. Is dazzling. Listen, I don't think Jesus pulled down the curtains when he went to heaven and said, okay, I'm just going to go the quiet Jesus now. I'm going to go to the download Jesus. He lives in all of you. This dazzling radiance of God's splendor lives in you. And he wants to express God's true nature through you to people who do not know his true nature. What is one of his truest natures? He's love. Perfect love removes fear. That means if I walk up to this son and I say, you are a son. Then whatever he's doing that's not son-like rises to attention and says, I don't belong in here. All the son parts of him say, Break off these heavy bands of oppression and lies and ways that the enemy said, I was, I'm none of these. And somebody emerges free. And there's an expression of freedom. Because the true nature of God, he so loved 
that he gave. He so loved, he so loved, he so loved. He looked down and he saw the world needed a Savior and he so loved and he made the way for the Savior to come redeem me so I can transfer that same goodness to everybody else. And if all my story is is about all my children that don't know him, how I missed him back in 1940 and how I don't hardly had any food in 1950, Nobody wants that story. That doesn't sound too dazzling to me. Sounds like the father missed a step. When God asked me to train these leaders, he said, don't apologize. And don't go looking for all the ways someone else did it wrong. Just display me. Just display me in everything you do. At home, at church, at work, be one life. Be congruent with the nature of God. He said, he's the expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. And he holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. See, when he changed Jacob's name to Israel, if you look down a little further in Isaiah 43, he says, behold I'm doing a new thing. I propose to you for every life that is transformed, it gives the potential for God to do a new thing on earth. So we need to let him transform us. Come on, Mendel. Oh, good. Dunamis. I typed that in my notes and I was I had forgotten that that's not really considered an English word. So if you go to type some notes out, just know autocorrect is going to try to tell you it's wrong. But it's not. It's right. It's dunamis. But it needs to be an English word, right? I mean, that carries some power just in the sound of the word dunamis. Dunamis. Well, I love this message. And I'm also very aware as somebody who tends to be a little over-responsible that sometimes we can take these messages and go home and we start as a good Christian, you know, trying to apply them. And then we're like, oh man, I'm, I'm missing the dunamis here. I'm missing the dunamis. And we can very quickly get driven into putting things in the wrong order, putting the cart before the horse and trying to make things happen and trying to turn our relationship with Jesus into this works-based thing where his power is displayed. But like Tisa shared today, if you have the electrical socket with the wires in the wrong order, then you're not going to have any power. Just like that, if you don't have things in the right order, you will not have that dunamis power or walk in it, no matter how much you want it, no matter how much you pray for it, if that becomes your obsession and your focus without remembering to love him first and to receive the love first, then you will not have power. You will not be able to operate in this. And I just realized today that the Holy Spirit wanted to just seal up this message with that reminder. When I was reading in John 14 um, in the green room today, I thought that I was scrolling, I was reading on my laptop, you know, I was scrolling on my online Bible, and I kept thinking that I'd lost my place, because in John 14, it actually says, loving me empowers you to keep my commands. Then just like a few verses down, it says, loving me empowers you to to keep my word. 
And I was like, wait, I think I already read that. I must have lost my place. So I kept going back. It says that at least twice. I think it actually infers it even more than that, just in that one chapter. So when we're talking about dunamis power, it says you have to keep this, just pair the two up. Loving me empowers you to keep my commands. Loving you empowers to keep my word. Loving me empowers you. It connects you to the dunamis power. So it all starts with love. And I realized that in our warm-up for worship today, we kind of stumbled into another message that he was saying the same thing. And again, I just wanted to seal up today's message with that. We were doing some improv prophetic worship, and I found myself singing um, something like, you've held me, he's held me, and he's overtaken my life. He's overtaken my life. And my heart response was, oh, that's exactly where I need you to be. And that's exactly where I want you to be. I want you to overtake my life, not be the sidecar, not be just a condiment on my life, you know, but I want you to overtake my life. And I was like, oh man, that's exactly where I need him to be. And so we started singing that. You're right where I need you to be. You're right where I want you to be. And he did, the Holy Spirit did this, the cool thing he does where all of a sudden in your mind, he just flips it on you. And I was like, no, he was like, no, I'm saying that to you. You are right where I need you to be. You are right where I want you to be. And so it's that positioning our hearts where we let him overtake us. We let him overtake our lives that we don't have to worry about whether we're doing it right or we're doing enough stuff or getting into all that work stuff. We simple, he positions us exactly where we need to be and exactly where he wants us to be. And we remember that, then that's when the dunamis power flows. We remember that he loves us. He loved us first. We love him back and that we're right where we need to be. We don't need to ask ourselves, our own minds, whether we're in the right spot. We're right where we need to be because we've asked him to overtake our lives. And that's when the dunamis power comes. So, Papa, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, for the way you parent us, that you frame even these messages in such protection, that you remind us of how to flow, how to leave this place today and walk out of here living out this message. Thank you for your tenderheartedness and how you love us and you, you do parent us like little children. You said we enter the kingdom like a child, and that means we don't have to know everything, that we trust that you will position us in just the right way. And we trust that you will flow through us in just the right way. So thank you for reminding us that it is truly our freedom to just love you well, to love you, to just dive in fully into our love for you and to receive love from you. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would seal this message up in each person's heart and mind hearing this message, that you would seal it up and that you would breathe on it, that you would continue to breathe with that powerful Holy Spirit breath on this on this message and make it personal for each one of us. I pray that you would give us dreams and visions and prophetic words and that we would see billboards and we would hear you on the TV or on the radio or whatever we're listening to, that we would hear you making this message personal, because to you it is personal for each one of us. And I thank you, Jesus, of course, for your incredible price that you paid, that you legalized our right to operate with power on this earth, that our victory is not just when we get to heaven, but our victory is now where we allow your dunamis power. We allow your victory to flow through us and be demonstrated like that dazzling glory. 
we allow that and and it's because of what you paid the price for and that we get to walk in healing and wholeness. So I just thank you today for this whole service today that your glory has been displayed and we had the privilege of partaking of it. And I thank you that it's not just in this room, but it's actually in the lives we live as we leave. So I bless this every person hearing this message. I bless the message itself and I bless our going out today. We thank you. We thank you. We can't say we love you enough. We just love you so much. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.